to another exciting episode of the Why I Love Disney podcast. We are back. We are back with David and Ramin. What's up, guys? Hey, Dustin. How you doing? What's going on? I'm fantastic. Excited to be back at it after a little bit of time off from the podcast. So much stuff has happened that we've missed. But first, I want to I want to check in with you guys. Everybody, everybody, good. What's what's what have you been up to the last month or two months or however long it's been? <laughs> Well, uh, work and uh, trying to keep up with a lot of the Disney news out there and uh, moving some kids back into into college campuses. Okay, that's that's a huge transition. A lot of stuff going on. Have you stayed safe? Everybody well at your house, David? Yes, we've all stayed well and uh, we're very fortunate. Yeah. Awesome. Ramin, what's up? What's up with you, man? How's it been going? It's been going good. I've just, you know, been working a lot. A, a close colleague of mine, somebody that I work close with almost daily, uh, did get coronavirus though. I think you know him, Dustin. <laughs> oh man, is he okay? Is he gonna make it? Yeah, he's doing great now. Like I think he was out for you know a couple weeks as as per usual. Um, was feeling crummy for a little bit, but overall relatively pretty smooth. I think he, yeah, yeah. Who could that be? <laughs> when you happen to be, be talking about me, I think yeah. I fit that description, and it is true. I did get COVID over July Fourth weekend. My oldest son and I contracted the virus. We are one of, I like to look at the CNN ticker, right? You know, the, the scoreboard of COVID cases in the United States. And my son and I are like, we are two of those. It would be two less. You're on the board. If we had not got it. <laughs> we're on the board. And thankfully, we were, yeah, we both, we both sure. got sick. It wasn't awesome. I do not recommend it to anyone. It's not a great feeling to have. It was two weeks of sickness um, for me, for my oldest son, who's, a, who's 11, um, actually, he just turned 12. He was sick for about two days. And then there were a couple of weird symptoms, but he did actually really well with it. Um, and overall, I, I think I did too. But yes, I did have it. And it was uh, it was not not great, but we made it. We're back. We're back. Cleared by the health department, negative tests, the whole nine yards, and we're back at it. So I, as far as I know, I can never get the virus again. I hope so. <laughs> I, hope so. I hope that's true. That's, I don't think that's true either, but we'll talk about that more too. But well, yeah, well, yeah. Well, it it was that was a total surprise uh, when you when you uh, came down with that because uh, I do think you've been uh, pretty vigilant and careful in a lot of things. So I was really I was really shocked that of all the people I knew that you had that virus. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was a little weird because I'm, I do like, I'm pretty careful. Like I wear my mask everywhere. Um, I try my best to, to follow all the rules as best I can. Um, my wife and I did go to the desert and, um, on the airplane, I think that's one of those things where you're stuck in, in an environment, you know, for a couple of hours with people, um, that could be where, where I got, it, it was the week before it was a week later when I started showing symptoms. It, it's just one of those things I, I noticed, like I, I rub my eyes an awful lot, maybe, Maybe that's way, but I have no idea of knowing where exactly I got it. Um, but I did, and I had two weeks of being quarantined. Watched a lot of Disney Plus in that time uh, with my son, and uh, and we made it. But we're here, we're back, and yep, I'm I'm healthy as I as far as I know, and uh, back to back to talk regular life and talking about Disney news, and and here we are. That I'm kind of um, curious like how maybe your opinion has changed as it relates to a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about as it relates to Disney. Like, would you go, you know, now that you've flown and all that yeah. stuff too, like has your opinion changed all that kind of stuff? I'm, I'm interested to dive into that today at some okay, point. Okay. So there's two, there's a couple of, 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 of thoughts. I've thought a lot about this actually. And there's a couple of dynamics at play. One is now that I've, 
oddly enough, my wife was with me like every step of the way, like everywhere I went, she was. And even as with symptoms, like she was right with me and she did not get the virus. She never, she never was sick at all. She tested, was negative every, she took two or three tests and throughout the whole process and was negative every time. So that's really interesting that there, there seem to be people who just have some sort of immunity because she should have gotten it if I had it. I mean, we were sleeping in the same bed together, if nothing else, right? And um, and riding beside each other cool. on an airplane. Everywhere right you went, she was there. Airplane. There is nowhere I went that she didn't go. And if nothing else, it, she was, you know, around me who I had it and was exhibiting symptoms when she was and she was still around me. There, There's that. But now that I've got it, I, there is a sense in one way that I feel a, a that there is probably some immunity that I have for at least a short period of time where I don't have to worry as much. Now I still am wearing a mask and, and still following all the protocols, but like, would I, now that I've had it, do I feel like I'm a little bit safer for at least a short period of time? I do feel like that a little bit. However, um, at the same time, the biggest thing to me was when I first showed symptoms Friday night, I think it was July 3rd, the 48 hours prior, the health department said, who have you been in contact with? Who? And I start thinking through my mind, like, who have I been in contact? And the fact that I didn't know I had symptoms and could have spread that to other people and caused a lot of trouble and a lot of problems, that's a big deal. So uh, in one sense, I'm like, I'm thankful and I, that I didn't get more sick than I did and the symptoms weren't worse and I'm, I survived it. But in the, and there's another sense that, wow, I had something that had I come in contact with the wrong person, you know, I could have done some damage and hurt someone, possibly even killed someone, you know, and not, not known it. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, it's a big deal. And it, that's probably the heaviest part of all of it is knowing that I had it, didn't know it for a couple of days, could have, done a lot of damage. Thankfully, in my office where I went, they were closed for July 4th weekend, the Thursday and Friday prior. Ramin, you were out of town that week, so we mm -hmm. didn't cross paths where we would have otherwise. So I was very fortunate that my contact with people just by nature of just circumstances was very minimal. Um, yeah, we when, got really lucky in that there, time. I think. And, and I, I actually, yeah, totally. I, I was gone at that period too. And so like, yeah. Yeah, we would have probably done a podcast that week. Sure. Yeah. That was, that I was the I plan. I certainly would have gotten it. Like had things been normal, uh, I'm almost, I'm certain I would have gotten it. No yeah. And, and you know, and you probably, chances are you guys probably, if you would have contracted it and most people, chances are like you'll, you'll be okay, but you don't know. And, and it's not something you want. Like, it's not so, Hey, just give it to me. I'll get it over with. We're all getting it anyway. I don't understand that mentality because you just don't know. I have friends, I have another friend that got it and, and she was in bed for 17 days, coughing mm -hmm. nonstop, uncontrollably, had it way worse than I had said it was one of the worst sickness she's, she's ever experienced. I know there's another person in our town that I know of that's been in the ER two or three times already. Um, with just battling this thing. And there's another person that for a little while didn't know if they were going to recover at all. It developed into pneumonia and it looked really bad. You just don't want to play with this because the, it's still, un, there's so much unknown about it, you know? And I get there's there's arguments to be made about how do we move on with our lives and and those sorts of things. And and I think the good news is we're getting to where we can mitigate some of the um, some of the risks and we we know how to how to do things. But, you know, I'm, I'm a living testimony now to, um, I, I tried my best to mitigate other than I traveled, I traveled and you know, there was that I probably should, if I hadn't have done that, maybe I hadn't have got it. I don't know. But as far as mask wearing, washing your hands, 
um, staying away from people. You know, I did all those things and still got the disease. So, or is it a disease? Is it a technique? There's a virus yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. The SARS-CoV-2 disease, which causes um, COVID-19 illness or yeah. Yeah. Well, you sound like you know a lot um, more about it than I do, but, uh, no, that's, that's really all <laughs> I, I probably didn't even but say I, that. The right, experience, so. <laughs> the interesting part of the experience was the, uh, the, you know, the health department, you know, you test positive, the, the place you test, they turn it into the health department. You know, you, at that point, you know, to quarantine yourself, you know, for as long as and they call every day and they check, they want your temperature. They want to know your symptoms, how it's changed. And they monitor you very closely the entire time you're sick. And so actually I felt really good about that. The people that would call every day were super nice and they were checking in on me. And, you know, they, and I didn't feel like, you know, I was a science project and a, a, a box to check. They actually seemed to care about how I felt, which was good. But, you know, their job is to do contact tracing and, and make sure it's contained and that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And you, you multiply that out to all the cases that, that are happening. And that's, that's a pretty incredible undertaking and task to, to do. And so I was very impressed with how health department and, and government authorities kind of like were, would surround and sort of just, um, and take care and take care of me. I never felt like I was being surveilled or in prison or anything like that. But, um, it was just, it's sort of that weird balance you walk that they're just trying to make sure everyone's safe and, and contain this thing. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of like moving parts, like, um, like when we consider the question about would you go, you know, on the surface, it's, it's, it's maybe easy to answer. You're like, oh man, traveling has never been cheaper. Tickets haven't ever been cheaper. Um, I have some, a bit of immunity maybe for a period of a couple months. Uh, hopefully, uh, the park seems pretty safe. Like on the surface, it seems like pretty easy, but when you actually consider the logistics of going, the fact that the, the travel down there, whether you're flying or driving, both have inherent risks. If you're driving, you have to stop and use the restroom. You got to stop at gas stations, go inside that kind of stuff. Um, and then like reintroducing yourself back into your normal life after you come back, right? Like, um, like your quarantine, can you miss week, uh, you know, a couple more weeks of work even after your trip, uh, to Disney, that kind of stuff. Um, then you have to, you know, if you have a family, you take kids, like, are they going to be able to wear a mask? Are you going to be able to keep them that you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then once you get back managing that also, uh, but also one thing that I kind of learned with, uh, your experience too, was, even if you do catch it and you are in recovery for a couple of weeks, um, what happens like if you continue, like, like your boy got it a couple of days, I think later than you or got diagnosed with it later. Um, mm-hmm. and, and luckily it stopped with, with him. Um, but what happens like, you know, if it was just this kind of domino effect, um, and then like if one person is still positive for the virus, but you've recovered, like, can you still like, carry some kind of viral load that could, you know, infect other people? And so there's all these variables and questions um, related to, you know, just how do you make it happen? But once you come back, when if you did test pot, like, how do you reintroduce yourself back into regular, uh, you know, what is regular now um, without uh, being at risk, again, of spreading the virus, that kind of stuff. So it's very complicated, sure. I think, set of circumstances. It makes it tricky. I think no, I'm that, still at the point where, you know, I, I I don't think I could do it myself. Like I, I think it's still the, the the risks and all the the if not even risk, but maybe the inconveniences kind of just outweigh the benefits for me personally. Still, right now. Yes. What about you, David? What do you think? 
Well, sorry, I was just—I was just wondering uh, when you said what what uh, what you were saying a minute ago, like how many people they actually have gone to the park, uh, have actually quarantined for like two weeks after they've been to the park. Probably yeah, not yeah, a lot. Happening? happening? Yeah. Probably probably not because I imagine that to to a certain degree, uh, folks that are out and about and doing things like that are probably not feeling like all that's really necessary. They're probably taking right. precautions to stay. Uh, sanitized and wear their masks and and stay distant from people. But I don't know that that's the same crowd that's going to voluntarily do all those things. <laughs> There's probably a few. Yeah, most probably a few. But most I of the cases I know of, me included, have to do with people going on vacation and coming back. Um, mm. And there are some things you don't if you're th- considering traveling. There are some things you're not thinking about. Most people reduce it to what are my risks of getting the virus or not? And I'll be fine if I do. You know, I'm just going to be sick. I'm probably going to be fine. They really, a lot of people, a lot of this conversation centers around, do I think I'm going to die or not? And I'm that's just not probably the best way to think about it. There are a lot of ramifications having done this now. Um, it costs me money. It put pressure on people I work with to try to figure out how to work without me. We actually, I had an event scheduled the week after and that basically got thrown in the air and almost completely canceled because mm. of my my sickness. And, and my wife and I were joking, like, you know, we, we went on, we took a little vacation, right? And that cost us money. And then I lost the income from an event that was coming the next week. So that cost us, when you add up what it cost us to do that, to for me getting sick, you know, it, it was an expensive endeavor. Not only that is it did put a lot of pressure on, on you, Ramin and, and David and, and people that I work with um, to, to pick up you. the slack for me can't, not having to be there. Right. And, and then not only that, there was a, the, you know, the two people that I did come in contact with one day, they had to quarantine for two weeks also and, and work from home. You know, it, it's a, it, there's a lot to undertake. And for, for me, I'm very fortunate, you know, um, you know, I can still still do some of my job from home, but the ramifications of what happens if you get the virus or, or are, even if you don't get it, if you're exposed to the virus, you, you know, you're, you have to, you're basically kind of in self self-imposed jail for two weeks. And there's a lot of implications of that. And then not only that, now you get back and man, everybody's arms linked from you. You know what I'm saying? It's you're, you kind of like, they're like, you know, yeah, stay what, away, what stay was away. That like Dustin? Did you, did you have any perceptions? Like, did people treat you any differently? Did you feel like, how did you feel like having it? Like, what was that like? Yeah, I feel like, especially the first week or so you're back. And I tried really hard to, um, not, I I wanted negative tests, not, they cleared me like on, on a Saturday, but I couldn't get tested again until Tuesday. And I stayed quarantined until I tested again. And they even told me like, you're like, you could test positive again, even though we've cleared you. And so be prepared for that. But I didn't want it. I wanted to be able to say and know, Hey, I'm negative. I have no symptoms, have not had a symptom since this day. The health department's clear. I wanted to say all those things just to be extra safe. But yeah, even then, your first time back after having it, everybody's like, oh man, hey, you know, stay away. You know, they and I think most people too, where I live, and I think you guys might can attest to this too, they haven't hadn't known anyone yet that had it. Everybody was like, it's it's sort of anecdotal. It's somebody you know somebody who told you about somebody they knew that had it. But when you know someone that's had it, it kind of makes it real and sort of changes the reality for it. And so I've already seen, like with you guys and most of the people that I interact with, you know, through my work, everybody seems more careful now mm-hmm. because they know someone that's had it, right? And they or they know several people now that have had it. So that that's changed a lot. So I don't like take it personally. 
personally, like people want to stay away from me and, you know, kind of give you the, whoa, stay, you know, that kind of thing. But like you have cooties or something like that, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, and it's totally understandable. And you actually would hope that people would act like that on a more normal basis, just sort of act with the assumption that most people might have it. And then we'd all probably be better off and yeah. you'd keep your more distance. You'd, you'd wear your masks, you'd do all those things and sanitize and just assume, you know, um, that the person that, that you're interacting with, whether at the grocery store, you're walking past might have it. And if you acted like that, then we'd probably all be past this quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It has to be that close to home before people, um, you know, would re- respond maybe, um, but I, I, I definitely, you know, witnessed firsthand, like what you were talking about, people really did, uh, I think have a, a change of posture and attitude. And, um, it's, it was pretty refreshing to see that, um, for me. So, yeah, well, let's talk about like Disney, Disney, while we were while in all this and in our break, um, Disney did reopen it was July 11th, July 14th. I think were the two days they started a staggered opening of the parks and it's been, been met with like some interesting news. I remember that very first, right before they, they were opening, they released that it kind of went viral, that sort of welcome home video where everybody's wearing masks. And it was a, it, it, some of the, the fodder was a little creepy, like this somebody put like scary music to it. And, it, you know, but actually when I saw it, I like, did you see that? Did you see that one? Yes. Where they put horror. Mu- 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 so, it, you know, all these Disney employees wearing masks and it was just kind of surreal. But I actually felt like you want to kind of walk that line of some sort of normalcy and, and invite people in and let them know it's going to be safe. And for what? better or worse, mask wearing is an indication of how seriously you're taking this. And it sends a message. And I actually thought the, the ad was, was pretty good. I, I didn't get the criticism so much. And I mean, I understand it's odd, but you know, it's, it's also necessary. And then they opened and everybody sort of held their breath. You know, they opened amid Florida being at like record high levels of, of the coronavirus, which, you know, everybody was saying, should they delay? Should they delay? And they didn't, they opened. And David, you're probably closest to the, you probably watch this closer than, than the rest of us. What were some of the, the reactions? And, and it seems like so far, how, how has it gone so far? Well, uh, my, my first reaction, uh, was, you know, we'll, we'll, like you said, wait and see, but I, I was a little, uh, surprised like that there were places you could take off your mask, uh, like rest zones. And there were some, uh, the other thing was that you could have your mask off if you were eating or drinking. And I immediately thought somebody's going to take advantage of that. Like, you know, you'll carry, they'll, they'll take their mask off and walk around with a soda and say, I'm drinking. And, it, you know, they've, they changed that rule eventually that now you have to, to be eating or drinking. You have to be stationary. Those are the kind of things I thought somebody will push that. But it, uh, it looks like across the board, you know, people have uh, the crowd that's come and wants to be there so, so badly that they're willing to wear the masks and do the things that uh, you, you need to do. Most of the uh, early videos and things people were uh, showing online, you know, would show every now and then be a surprise uh, crowd that would actually gather accidentally, like just people stopping and clumping up and things that you don't want to see. But it looks like people have really uh, tried to uh, to uh, follow the rules. And it looks like the the uh, the numbers that they're allowing into the park were were at a at a pace that they could keep up. You know, they're saying that they were cleaning everything. I know that a lot of people thought, oh, man, they're going to be cleaning every ride vehicle uh, 
every every person the the lines will be crazy but i think they're doing it more like every couple of hours now they 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 shut things down and they do a cleaning so there's still some inherent risk like that because uh you know you're you're getting on the attraction right after someone else but it looks like people have uh, followed the rules pretty well probably much better than they have in our areas where we live just going to the grocery store uh it looks like people are doing better at Disney, uh, my dad and uh, who's not been anywhere since all of this started, uh, they've my my parents are in their 70s. They've really quarantined and they he my dad even said, man, from everything I've seen online, Disney looks like one of the safest places to be. So, uh, you know, I think that's a, a good a good a good thing that the crowd seems to be uh, really following the rules well. So question, right? Because I, I've seen I've seen maybe articles that suggest both, right? There's some of the haters who have posted, uh, I think, some photos of like seeing crowds, you know, where they're they're in close proximity of each other. But I've also saw this other one. I think it comes from the Tampa Bay Times, um, where you know they said at Disney World it felt safer than the grocery store, right? So. It's probably a little bit of both, maybe. Um, but I think Disney probably more than most places is doing a great job. My question, though, is that with all these precautions, with all the masks, with like the plexiglass and with all it, is the experience still worth the the trip? You know what I mean? Like, is do you still is is the park still Disney? Does it feel like Disney or are all these constant reminders of this pandemic uh, compromise that experience? What do you guys think? Well, I definitely think if I had uh, young kids and was thinking about taking a big family trip that was going to last week and I and a lot of the things that my kids would enjoy would not be there, parades, fireworks, things like that. I don't know that I would do it uh, I, I, as you know, my favorite thing about going to the parks is still probably just going to the two attractions, the, the, the rides, things like that. I've got I have I have I definitely have friends that their favorite thing of all is the restaurants and the parades and things like that. For me, our family, everybody in our family would be the attractions. So seeing these lines be so, so low, it, that's that I'm, I'm, yeah. it's, it's pretty I'm pretty envious of the ones who get to go. Uh, I watched a video the other day of uh, one of my favorite vloggers, and she basically did every attraction at Hollywood Studios. And, you know, the, and the and the parks aren't even open very long. I mean, it's only like nine to six uh, and she did everything in the park in one day. And it's like, man, that's that's pretty exciting to see. I wish I could do that and, and experience that. But, you know, right now it's just, for, for, you know, for, for the drive and for everything going on, it's just not really feasible. But, man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited for those that get to do it. Do you think there's there are people like it makes sense for like maybe Florida residents right now? It's like a, maybe it's a great opportunity for them to go They're They're there. So they don't have to worry about the logistics of travel. Um, the park is, you know, the tickets are for Florida residents. I don't think have ever been cheaper. Right. It's like, right. I uh, think multi-day passes for as low as forty nine dollars or even cheaper. I think sometimes you might even be able to find. I don't know. Um, but are, are there people that it makes sense for like that? It, it would be certainly be a yes. They should go. I think for Florida residents, definitely yes. If you, it's a more of a local uh, thing, uh, it, it definitely makes a lot more sense because you don't have as much financially invested. Except maybe if you already have your annual pass, you've you've paid for that. You want you definitely want to use it. I know, I have seen several times in different uh, different places written that you know the annual pass holders and the Florida residents don't spend as much money in the park 
as people coming from other places. So for Disney is it came is all coming down to how you know, is it worth is it worth being open uh for just locals? Do they spend enough money to keep things going? I, I read a great article the other day other day that just talked about all of the all of the costs that the the park have, even if they're not open. And so, you know, I'm I I'm I'm sure it's better to have somebody in there buying something, paying for something than the park just sitting there because it still costs money. Uh, but I know that their goal would be to get as many people there uh, in in the in the hotels. The hotels are really down. They have, I mean, there were several hotels that were supposed to open that they've even pushed back uh, the opening dates for. Uh, there, you know, very very few rooms are being used right now. So they really need to fill those rooms up. They need to they need to get the public feeling safe uh, and and willing to come down there. That's got that's got to be their goal. Mm. You said um, it's kind of a a secondary market of sorts is, is like kind of formed like where people that do have access to the park who are in close, you know, it's easy. They can get in. They're buying merchandise and then coming back and, and then selling that for like several times the markup in like right. some kind of like black market like thing. What What's what's well, going on there? Yeah, I have. I have seen several a lot of that online. It's, it's been interesting to watch uh, the the especially the the annual pass holders get 30% off merchandise so they can go into the park and buy things 30% off and, and things that, you know, for example, Disney during this period announced that they were going to retheme Splash Mountain. Uh, and so the, there was just a run on all the Splash Mountain uh, merchandise in the, in the parks and it's selling for triple and quadruple prices wow. online so there are a lot of people that have gone in there there were several uh i saw several pictures that people had posted online of, of folks coming out with you know just seven and eight huge shopping bags full of items that they've bought probably at 30 percent off that they're gonna they're gonna put on sale for ebay yeah so that's a but that that, that that's a crowd that is spending money but uh i don't know that the average mm. uh that the average Florida pass holder is doing that. So that typically they, they say that, that the Florida, the, the locals don't spend as much money as people come from coming from other areas for vacations. Gotcha. Well, that would make a lot of sense, you know, and it seems like there's pros and cons. Like you, you lose the fireworks, you lose the, you know, the parades, the parades right? Yeah. You, you have reduced hours, but ride times are way shorter, you know? Um, the, if, if the restaurants that are open are more spaced out and, you know, it, it seems like with the, the smaller crowds, it's sort of like you get Disney world to yourself, you know, almost it's like, I remember when I, I lived in Florida and had my season pass, you would go on like a Tuesday afternoon on a weekday during the school year or something like that. And man, you could, you could just have your run of the place just about, it was pretty remarkable. And it seems like that's in the middle of the summer. That's what's happening right now. So yeah, there is a, like, if you're an attraction, if you, if your wait times on rides or rides are your thing, now would be probably a really, really good time to go. But you know, people, Florida residents also don't have to, as much as Disney wants the, the hotels full and they make more money on that. Um, the, the logistics of hotels about getting elevators with people being in a room that's been used prior, you know, there's a whole nother level of, of things that Florida residents wouldn't have to deal with. And I think the fact that Disney is so aggressively marketing and pricing Florida resident passes right now means that they're, they're trying to make up some revenue in, in some ways and, and, and kind of make up for the demand 
a little bit anyway. You know, you got the NBA's there right now in their bubble. Um, that that's uh, you know with their quarantined hotels, and that seems to have gone really well so far. Um, as far as everybody's, there's been no um, positive cases of the virus among NBA players or their their crew, and that's been a, I think a win for Disney and and for the NBA and sports in general. But all of that to say you hit on a couple of things is something that happened since the last time we met is the announcement that Splash Mountain is going to be re- repurposed and redesigned and, and changed completely. So what are your thoughts on that? Like how uh, how do you see that going? And you, know, you just referenced the the run on people trying to get their last ride in and buy all the merchandise to sell on eBay. But what do you think about that? Well, uh, just just going back to the, the, the merchandise, you know, when we started this podcast, we called it why I love Disney, because uh, there's a lot of different reasons people do love Disney. Some people it's all about the parks. Some people it's all about the movies. Some people it's about when you see even even when you talk about the parks, some people when they say I love Disney, they mean attractions. That's really. But some people it's the dining. I mean, they just love going and spending their time in the restaurants and enjoying all that. But it was eye opening to me that there's one crowd out there that they, they love it because they're buying stuff that they can sell. It was crazy. Wow. It is. It, that's a whole new world that I really haven't paid that much attention to, to realize that, that this goes on just the merchandising and the reselling of things and buying things mm-hmm. on sale. And, uh, but as far as the, uh, the attraction itself, I mean, that's a, it's a family favorite attraction. Uh, my kids, uh, you know, they've enjoyed the, the, the ride. They, they really don't know the whole, as, as kids, they didn't know the whole backstory of all that. Um, so, you know, it's kind it's kind of sad to see something that you've enjoyed go, but you know, we, I'm, I, I wouldn't want to keep something around. That's just, uh, this certainly offending people and bothering people and, you know, representing something to people that's, uh, not a good thing. So I, I like a lot of people. I'm not sure you know, that Princess and the Frog would be my my top pick for something that it, that they're going to retheme it to. But I'm open. I'm so excited. That, so that is they've announced that they're retheming it as Princess and the Frog. Right. right. And uh, which I, I, I like yeah. that movie. I think it's great. And I, I'm excited that if they're going to retheme it, that 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 movie's that they didn't pick a movie or, or a, a property that already has a lot of exposure in the parks. Um, sure. It's not another frozen ride or something that, you know, you yeah. see a yeah. lot. So I am glad yeah, that, you know, it did seem like it seemed like for Princess and the Frog, the New Orleans jazz, you know, that sort of thing. It seems like the crossover as far it will be less dramatic. You know, a lot of the, you know, the scenes could probably stay. Um, it can still keep that flavor. What I love with uh, with Splash Mountain was just the Briar Rabbit. Um, Briar Fox story, that whole, and just the environment you were in, the the music. I, actually, it was there's something about that that it might be exactly why it's getting canned, but it was just it brought you to a different time and era. And I think it, to trade that with the Princess and the Frog, it d- still does. This, it takes you to another time and era. You're not getting, like you said, another another like property you've seen a thousand times you're getting immersed into a new world, which I think is, is kind of exciting. Well, in the Disneyland part, what would you have, what would you have chose? I'm sorry. What would you have chose if you, you, what would be, I I don't know. I was, I was just, uh, I don't know that I would have, I don't know which I would have chosen, but the, one of the things that you saw a lot online was that in Disneyland, uh, it's actually located in an area called new Orleans square. So it makes okay, sense okay. for Princess and the Frog, which takes place in New Orleans, to be in New Orleans Square. 
in Disney World, it's in an area called Frontierland, which is themed to the West. And so they're putting mm-hmm. Princess and the Frog, which is New Orleans, in in an area that's themed for the Wild West. It's beside Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and Pecos yeah. Bill's yeah. restaurant. Canyons. Yeah, so it's kind of in, it's kind of out of out of it. What you know, it's it's it depends on how you know how important theming is to you and where things are placed in a park. Um, I think the attraction will be great. I think they'll do a great job with it. And so it's not it's not that big of a deal to me. But I was surprised that that was the one they picked also because it wasn't that uh, it's not that huge of an IP as far as sales and 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 things that people are, you know, lining up for. So uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm well, neither was Song of the South in the Briar. You know, that was kind of out of nowhere, too. That's true. I mean, that's a movie that hasn't been, even been available for many, 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 many years. And yeah. Right. right. So a lot of that was based on the fact that when they created the ride, they had all these animatronic animals that they needed to do something with. And so that was the easiest yeah. thing yep. to build it around. <laughs> it's a cool ride for sure. Well, and, and then and moving on, like to, so you had the ride switch, you have other things we see through it, through all of this, Disney has halted construction projects. There's just a lot of dynamics at play here with them being closed for, how long was it? Were they closed in March through July? So you're looking at like three right. months, like a quarter, an entire quarter where they, the parks were not open, which led to some interesting financial things. And, and I don't know if anybody or listeners are, but they, they lost a lot of money. Um, I was actually, they, it, on the beginning of August, just a week or so ago, they had their earnings call. Oddly enough, the, the stock price rose. And I think uh, the saving grace was Disney plus subscriptions, but they actually reported um, the parks experiences and products were down 85% from the same quarter last year, like three and a half billion dollars lost, um, from the parks not being open. That is a remarkable, stunning amount of money. And, and, and some of that it's, even though it's open, that helps, but it's not coming back. Like after September 11th, I think we've talked about this. It took five to six years before park attendance got back to where it used to be. Um, and I think most people think this could actually take longer. Um, for them to to get back to those things. So it's going to be important like to rebrand and have things in the park that people are going to want to come out to. So in the, the Splash Mountain redesign or whatever it is, it's they're in this weird thing that it's going to cost money to do that, but you have to spend the money in order to get the people back. You know, it's sort of this weird thing. You know, it, it, movies is the same way. And I don't want to jump around too much. We're talking about parks right now. But, you know, the, the studio entertainment business down 55% in the last quarter, quarter to quarter. And that's you can see that there's no, there's no movie theaters. They're just now starting to open back up. And still will people go if they are open? And, um, you know, you've seen different announcements about things that were supposed to come out in the theater this summer that are now being released straight to to streaming for a fee and it's a whole different model and a whole different world now. You see their their direct to consumer where their Disney Plus subscriptions are are, are kicking butt. Like they're um, outpacing Netflix, all, all of the other competitors out there. So that's a bright spot for them too. And if it wasn't for that, if that hadn't to come out, they'd be they'd be sunk. But it's it's kind of remarkable um, what what's what's happened in the last quarter and kind of the re- response and reaction to it. Yeah, I, I agree that they've got to have new things to keep people coming. And uh, I think it'll be a while before you'll see anything happen with Splash Mountain. I think it's going to take a while before that actually goes through. But fortunately, they have the Tron coaster that's coming. That was already in in the process. They've got Remy's Ratatouille 
attraction coming to Epcot in France. That was that those. I think you'll see some of these uh, finish up. There's the the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction at Epcot. So fortunately, they're going to have some things that they can they can finish. I, if you if you look at the numbers, uh, if, uh, the videos and things that I've watched by far, you can see that uh, that Hollywood Studios is the seems to be the most crowded of the parks. Um, and you've got Rise of Resistance, and you've got Mickey's Runaway yeah, yeah. Railroad. So you've got and 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 that 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 attraction has sometimes an hour wait, even even now. Wow. Wow. So it's uh, it's you know definitely those new things are the things that people are going back and trying to take advantage of. Have you seen any progress with like the virtual queues systems? I think like, the have only they, thing have they implemented that more. No, the only thing that has a virtual queue right now is Rise of Resistance. Everything else, okay, so is everything else, only. Just, yeah. Wow. Okay. And uh, that's and, interesting. And and the lines are pretty. Uh, you know, I, 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 it seems like well, from what I'm seeing that you might the, the the there may be a 30 40 minute wait on some of these things, but things that I I've been to the parks many times when Toy Story Mania Midway Mania can be an hour or plus, and it's like a 10 oh, yeah. minute wait. So the, yeah, the numbers yeah. are down. There's a lot of people that don't alert a lot of people that hope that fast passes never come back because a lot of people think that that's actually what makes the lines longer. I don't know. But yeah. uh, right now, it seems like you can really get a lot done. I mean, the only thing they need the, the, the pass for is rise to resistance. Are there other things you think Disney could be doing right now to help like revitalize the in-person experience and like and, and during this pandemic and stuff? Um do you think there are changes or things that they could be investing in that would help bring in uh, the kind of business or whatever they need uh, for their parks right now? I don't know. I'm not I'm not exactly sure what you mean, but a lot of the things that I think those extra things that they do a lot, uh, a lot of those a lot of those things have been uh, put aside right now, you know, just because of the numbers and the crowds, uh, the, the little plusing things that they might do that you little things you can pay for little things that you can add on. I don't, I don't think you can do a lot of those things right now. seems a pretty basic experience when you get there. I think it's really, a, a, you know, appealing again to the crowd that just wants to be there so badly. They're grateful just to be in the parks and to be able to enjoy the rides and uh, the restaurants and things that are open with a smaller crowd. Yeah, the tension seems to be we we obviously need to make money and we want there to be as many people as possible, yet we are in an environment where we can't have that. That would be, you know, there's just there's these battles going on. So it's it's interesting, like this and this is to me is is like another undercurrent of the entire um conversation about the coronavirus and and this pandemic that we're in is the corporations or the businesses and people's need to to turn a profit and make money and be employed versus the public's need to be safe, right? Um, and this goes to that. Like, I think Disney has been, it, it, the, the fact that they would lose $3.5 billion and, and close itself is still, I think, speaks volumes, their corporate um, community and their, their citizenship, you know, that they would do that. Um, and at the same time, to to have the right tone as they reopen, that they're not seen as too aggressive and too money hungry at putting people at risk, that they can reopen safely. And I think they're establishing a precedent that if you follow these procedures and you take this, take it seriously, that you can reopen safe, safely, that we can be leaders in this, that ultimately people will trust you in the future 
because you took all these measures and these steps that they know, hey, we're not going to put the bottom line ahead of your safety. And if Disney can communicate that, that to us, and I think at every step of the way, they have communicated that. Now, you could argue, well, opening says something else, but the way they opened the way they've not aggressively marketed just to try to pack the people in there yet, the way they've still like held off on the fireworks and the parades and some of the other things tells me that even though they're opening, which is a reality of any business, they're, they're being safe about it. And, and they're hurting, they're doing things that would be counterintuitive to maximizing the bottom line in order to, to maximize the public safety, which I think says a lot about a company like business, a Disney and in fact, anytime someone goes down the conspiracy theory route of all, oh, this is all just a hoax, or this is all just what you have to point to companies like Disney and say, and listen, they are not going to lose billions of dollars for fun or to get some politician or for some agenda that just doesn't happen. If anything, everything is driven by money, right? And things happen. So someone makes more profit and more. And this has shown us across the board, not just Disney, but there's many companies like Disney that have, have, have suffered because of this. And they did not have to choose the route they have, and they could be a lot different. And I think this tells us a lot about the seriousness of this, this virus to begin with. Well, I, I agree. I, 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 I have appreciated the way that, uh, their tone and things like that. I do think the even even with that, the, the the public has been even a little more resistant and slower than they probably expected. I don't I don't think we would see the park hours close uh, short going shorter this fall. Uh, the pushback of the opening of certain hotels and restaurants. Uh, if if they thought the crowds were coming, I think they have to be surprised that. Uh, that it that it hasn't even been bigger than it has, so we'll see in the next yeah. few months what happens. And then again, we we said this several times, but thank God for Disney Plus. If you're Disney, right? Like it, it, literally, like right after they launch, there's a pandemic where the park revenue is gone, where the studio revenue is cut in half, and now you have this this property, this this subscription service that is probably one of, in my opinion one of the best that you can have be due to it, the properties that are there, the, the amount of content that's there. And it's been incredible during the pandemic that I've been able to consume this more. And I think not only do I think that, I think it's been proven by the numbers, a hundred million subscribers across, not to Disney plus, but across the Disney subscription services that includes Hulu and Disney plus all together, right? A hundred million people are giving Disney money every month to consume some media product, right? That is remarkable. And to be honest, like that has, that's counter, like the stock price is up. How is the stock price up? It's only because of that. It's only because there's, there's future. And it's not just that there's future potential for growth and all this. It hasn't even launched in every country yet. That's right. We're seeing this. So let's talk about Disney plus right now. Have you guys, obviously, have you watched a lot of Disney plus over the last couple months and during the pandemic? Well, yes. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that I had planned to watch originally this year, uh, shifted, especially as my family was home the whole time. And, uh, we did a Marvel marathon. We watched all of the Marvel movies, uh, through the summer. Uh, that was fun going back and doing that. And, uh, several of the new original movies that came out, we've watched, we, we've watched a few of the series that, that they've put out just for Disney plus. What was your favorite? What's the favorite thing you've, you've seen since we were here last? I, I don't know. I don't know about my, my Have favorite. You caught Hamilton. So that the biggest thing was Hamilton came out. We did. Um, we and, have. and, 
that was a huge like marketing deal for them. Like that was a, a big weekend for Disney. I think it was July 4th weekend. It was the weekend I actually came down with the virus. Um, we were actually, my first symptoms showed up while I was watching Hamilton on the couch with my family, like <laughs> Friday night. And, um, but it, it was, it was remarkable. And I think it's driven a lot of subscribers and that was pretty cool too. So Hamilton was a big one. What else, was there anything else that came out in that time? Uh, well, the Artemis Fowl movie came out. Oh, yeah. Which we're, uh, I think we're going to do. We all have seen that. And I think we're going to do a, a special episode on Artemis Fowl here really soon. We, then, uh, we, we actually watched, uh, as a family, uh, after, after the, after we did the, uh, Marvel, uh, run, we watched some of the episodes of the Kristen Bell show called Encore, where they, they gather a group of people, uh, to do a, to redo a musical they did from high school. It was very, it actually was not what, not what I expected. Uh, yeah, it, it's a little bit, a little more emotional than you think it's going to be. It's, it's, uh. Uh, it was it was actually pretty touching. It was a it was a good show. Uh, we wa- we we've not watched we've not watched them all. We kind of jumped around dep- depending on the musical the group was doing and and things like that. We watched a few, but yeah, I think we we liked that better than we thought uh, we would. So cool. And then the new the big thing is that all these theatrical releases you mentioned Artemis Fowl that went straight to Disney Plus. Well, Mulan, which is a huge budget and was a big summer summer blockbuster potential for, for Disney is now being released straight to Disney plus, but not for free. Like you, it, there's a $30, I think fee to, to watch it, which, um, how, what do you think about that? And are you excited? And will you, the opening weekend chunk down 30 bucks to watch Mulan? Well, it didn't surprise me. I actually thought they ha- would have to do something like that. And uh, my first thought was, uh, $30 for my whole family. It would cost more if we went to the theater to see it. So for, you know, I have three kids. Uh, sometimes that w- the, my kids have a friend that's going to, so maybe the crowd can suddenly be six, seven, eight people going to the movies and I'm, I'm paying for it. So it was, wasn't that expensive. I, there was quite a bit of pushback online. I was surprised there were a lot of it, but if, if I was single $30 to see a movie, uh, that's, that's pretty expensive, but it, it, it's kind of like, in, I'm thinking in light of, everything that's going on, I don't mind giving that because it's just kind of helping the cause and it's helping other people get to see it and, and keeping, keeping things from just going under. But I think they've, uh, since, since they did all that, you know, you're, you're actually buying, it's like you're buying it forever. It's never, you'll, you know, it's not something you're, it's not like a rental that you're just renting it and then it's gone away. You, you get to keep it. Uh, you, I, I don't understand yet my personally what, what, where is it it within Disney plus that you're buying it or is it how that works? But it didn't surprise me that they charged it. I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with paying it. I definitely have uh, purchased movies before that I've bought online back when, back when I was buying more Blu-rays and things like that, where I, where I would buy it. And then by the, it didn't get there or it would release to rent uh, online before you could, your actual hard copy showed up. And so I've paid twice for movies before, so it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Well, I do think like overall 30 bucks is for a family that's cheaper than going to the theater. You know, when you, especially when you think about popcorn and things like that also. So, and we've done it twice. We did it with the trolls movie world tour and we did it with Scoob, the Scooby-Doo movie. Um, I think they were like 20 bucks or something like that, but we gladly paid that, you know, and made it kind of a family event. 
And so I think this is going to be a huge success for them. I hope they, I don't, I'm curious to see like, okay, what would they expect to make at the box office versus what they will make from streaming revenue at 30 bucks a pop. I'm really curious to see, you know, the comparisons there and does this change the model forever? You know, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think, you know, what, what do movie theaters look like going forward? I know AMC was on the brink of bankruptcy and we're really, really mad at Universal for, you know, releasing Trolls and, and Scoob direct to, to streaming. They seem to have worked that out. And I think they're about to reopen. And they had a big thing where for 15 cents, you could go see like a whole bunch of classic movies like Back to the Future and The Goonies and things like that. But um, the, the, the plan is, I think this fall, that some of the big summer releases are going to be released at movie theaters. What do you think about that? Like, are you... Are you, would you, Ramin, are you going to go to a movie theater anytime soon? Not anytime soon. Um, maybe by next summer, um, because there's so much that can happen, uh, between now and then, right? Like, um, they're talking about some of these early projections for vaccines happening, maybe the end of this year, early next year. So if that's true and the efficacy of those vaccines is high and that they're, um, um, we're seeing a lot of progress and account numbers are down, there's a chance that I would be, uh, definitely interested in going. I, I, you know, I miss that experience. I really love the movies and going to the movies. Um, but as it is right now today, I probably would not myself. You're not ready to go. David, what about you? Are you anywhere close to a movie theater yet? I don't, I don't think so. Unless I knew that I was going to be, you know, I having the theater almost completely to myself. Like when I went to see onward, when I went to see onward, that was right when everything had started. We and uh, sure we we were I think one of three couples in the theater when we went to see Onward. Uh, I think there's a, there's a there's a in a lot of movies they're just not as fun if there's not a crowd like it especially if there's laughter you don't I don't laugh mm-hmm. if there's no one else laughing so it's in the smaller the group the less experience just changes even even when we watched when we watched hamilton as a family online online that's a much different experience than when i saw hamilton live in a theater it's it's just different Mm -hmm. how how you get caught up in the the performances and the environment it's not it's just not immersive like it is in a larger venue i agree the theater experience is hard to replicate and and again like that it seems like you guys would not be on the, I've heard some people say that we'll never do theaters like we did again. Like they're never coming back, but I think they will like assuming this gets under control and the, the theater experience is kind of irreplaceable. And that's kind of what I think I hear both of you saying, right? I think so. I think a lot of things will come back. I, I think, I think just like, I think the parks will come back. It yet, yeah, you know, when, when nine 11 happened, that uh, changed the way we do security at everything. It, it changed. Yeah. And so there will probably, yes, be s- certain things that have to happen for the public to feel comfortable going into movie theaters and theme parks and things like that for a long time. There'll have to be mm-hmm. a certain level, a, a certain level of cleanliness for people to feel comfortable. So we may have to, the theaters may really have to up, uh, up their game when it comes to cleaning and sanitizing and things like that for people to feel comfortable. No more sticky floors. Yeah. I, I, I work for an AMC movie theater and man, the turnaround time for some of those theaters, it's not, they don't clean it per se. You just sweep up the loose popcorn, grab the trash. And, um, that's really all you have time to do. Um, yeah. especially in the bigger ones. So, 
Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I guess are, I wonder are they going to be reducing show times, the number of show times, having more time between uh, showings to clean theaters, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. I haven't I seen know. any details on that. Me neither. But it will be fascinating to see. I definitely would love to see a seat that they can wash. <laughs> that's, yes. that's the worst thing Not about cloth. a movie. No more cloth yeah, seats. No more cloth seats at the movie theater because you just don't know. It's just that's the one thing. I'm completely with you. Completely with you there. You, we've all had that experience where you go into a movie theater and you just feel like not quite comfortable the whole time. You like don't want to touch anything. There was one in my my hometown when I first, 20 years ago, and it was famous. We would all make, I quit going, but the, the floors were, your feet would always stick to the floor. You were, there was always a smell. It was just terrible. And if after a while, you're like, you know what? I'm not paying money to do this. So to- to be fair, just as somebody that has worked in a theater, the patrons, the customers that go to these places absolutely abuse these places. Like, man, I, the things I've found in some of the, oh, disgusting. Toenail clippings, they literally Ugh. clip their toenails at the theater and leave it right there on the floor. Oh, oh man. <laughs> and that's oh, not even the worst of it. There, there's some really amazingly just disgusting things that people do, and it, it, it is really difficult um, to keep those places clean just because how people treat it. Hey, so. I, think, I think the whole pandemic, everything about so much we've learned about how people care for other people. It brings it, these things uh, bring out how selfish people can be uh, and how people do abuse things. It's, it's really sad to think that's the way it is. Um, but hopefully, hopefully going forward, things like that will be a little cleaner. Maybe people won't won't be quite as bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of the ultimate, like, this is why we can't have nice things, right? <laughs> Come on, everybody. Be clean. Don't clip your toenails in the movie theater. Wear your masks. And then we can all go back to having great theater experiences. <laughs> That's it. Well, man, this has been fun. I think I think we've kind of hit all the a lot of the big things. There's tons more we could talk about. But for the sake of time, I think it's time we kind of wrap it up. Is there anything else that, that we've not talked about that you guys would like to bring up or anything you'd like to say to, to our listeners? Well... No, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. We just like to encourage everybody to uh, write in or email or whatever you want to do. And uh, we'd love to hear from you and chat with you and hear your thoughts and ideas as well. So. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Like, it really is like remarkable. Like you do this and you do see some like numbers, like downloads and things. You can get some sense that somebody's listening somewhere. But when you we haven't done this for a while and you hear, hey, where you guys been? You know, that's that's actually encouraging. You know, we we really do appreciate you guys. And we did this because we, we love Disney and we want to know why you love Disney. So please, you can get with us at our website at why I love Disney dot com or on Twitter. Why I love Disney one. Just Send us a message, a DM. Um, there's a web form, a email form on there. Uh, let us know. Tell us why you love Disney. Any feedback you have would be fantastic. We we really really do appreciate you guys. And if there's any way we can serve you, please let us know. So until next time, we're gonna sign off, and hopefully we'll be back soon talking about all the incredible things that Disney has to offer. We appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you really soon. Bye. <laughs>